The Kings get ready for back-to-back games to close out their road trip, looking to build off their big win over the Oilers. We'll talk about tonight's game against the Canucks, tomorrow's game against the Kraken, and we'll also read and answer some of your emails. All that on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We are at 880 subscribers. Thank you so much for your support of the YouTube channel and of the podcast as well. Uh, Of course, our goal was to get to 900 by the end of the month, and that is looking really, really good. So thank you guys so much for your support of the YouTube channel in particular. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has recovered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, I think the voice is doing a little bit better as uh took a couple of days off from work to rest the uh, the throat a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's getting better. So should be good uh, by uh, Monday's shows, hopefully back to 100%. By the way, if you are watching on the YouTube channel, you can see a little bit that I am wearing my new reverse retro jersey, uh, which was a late birthday present and arrived yesterday. And uh I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge Jersey collector. Um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say huge because there are probably people out there that have a pretty impressive collection, but um, I probably have like 15 jerseys. Um, a lot of them are autographed. Um, this one isn't yet. Maybe I can get uh, Andre Kobitar to autograph this one. Um, but yeah, I went with the, uh, the Kopi, um, got the C on the front. And uh, his numbers, 11, and name on the back and all that. And it's the new reverse retro, and it's it's uh, just a spectacular-looking jersey. I'm super excited to add this to uh, my collection. And if you uh, if you like jerseys, uh, maybe you've uh, asked for this for a Christmas present. I don't know, but uh, it, it looks great in person. I hope it looks good on me. Uh, certainly couldn't make me look any worse. But, uh, yeah, I and I've said it before, um, I don't hate the King's current look. Um, and there is a lot of nostalgia around it because of winning two Stanley Cups wearing the uniforms that we're wearing now. But I've always said I really wish they would get more color in the jerseys, at least incorporate purple and gold somewhat in the jerseys. And I've said for a long time, I love the crown logo on the front. I think the King should absolutely go back to the crown logo full time. Don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. And even if it was just the black and white crown, I would be okay with that. But the crown logo, which the reverse retro has on it, you can kind of see it barely a little bit there. But anyway, would love for the Kings to go back to that. Would love to get them uh, to incorporate some more color in their uniforms one way or another, but uh, would love to have the crown logo back. But anyway, uh, the reverse retros are awesome. We knew that already, but uh, I'm so happy to be able to have my uh, reverse retro jersey and uh, hopefully you can uh, you can get one of those for yourself if it's uh, something that you are into 
All right, let's get to the LA Kings, uh, who will play games 20 and 21 on the season as we are about to hit the quarter pole of the NHL season. Kings have played the most games in the NHL, by the way. Not sure if you're aware of that, at 19. Um, and we are going to do a deeper dive on, I believe, next Monday's show, looking at the Kings and where they sit 25% into their season and what historically that means as far as where teams are if they're in a playoff position at the quarter pole. Um, but up first, we've got two games back-to-back Friday and Saturday. The first one in Vancouver tonight, and then the second one in Seattle tomorrow. And both these teams have been surprises this season for different reasons. Vancouver has been a pretty big disappointment, sitting in second-to-last place in the division with a 5-9-3 and three record. Uh, this past Tuesday, the Canucks did snap a three-game losing skid with a 5-4 win in Buffalo. Canucks were very good last season after an awful start when they fired head coach Travis Green and brought in veteran head coach Bruce Boudreaux. And a lot of people, including myself, thought that having Bruce Boudreaux as their head coach for a full season would be the difference in them contending for a playoff spot this year. And so far, that has not been the case. Matter of fact, it's gotten so bad in Vancouver that earlier this season, fans were throwing their jerseys on the ice in disgust. Um, so yeah, it has not gone good for Vancouver. Although I did see a stat on Twitter earlier today that the Kings have lost something like 12 in a row to the Canucks, something like that. Um, either way, maybe it's eight, 10, 12, something like that. Uh, so the Canucks have had the Kings number of late, but, uh, Vancouver is not having the season that they thought they would have. Uh, and they're even talking about you know making moves and trades and things like that because it doesn't look like this team is going to be able to dig their way out of another rough start to a season uh, and and get into a playoff contention. But regardless, uh, Kings need to uh, build off their win over Edmonton and hopefully take advantage of a Vancouver team that hasn't been playing great hockey so far this season. As for um, a couple of quick notes more on Vancouver, um, they do have Bo Horvat. Uh, who's having a great season for them. So if you're looking for someone that the Kings need to pay attention to, it would be Bo Horvat. 14 goals uh, and 20 points in 17 games this season. His 14 goals are only one behind Connor McDavid for the NHL lead in goal scoring. So again, the Kings uh, just saw Connor McDavid and did a great job against him. They'll need to do a similar job uh, against Bo Horvat coming up tonight. As for Seattle, uh, a big surprise on the positive side. They are 9-5-3. and three. Uh, just two points behind the Kings for third place. They're in third place in the Pacific. Kings are in second. Uh, Seattle just won an overtime game over the New York Rangers last night. Um, the Kings also have played two more games than the Kraken. So Seattle, two games in hand on Los Angeles. Uh, and of course, the Kraken beat the Kings earlier this year in the second game of the regular season in Los Angeles. Uh, Kraken made some nice offseason additions in signing Andre Barakovsky away from the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. They also traded for Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, but the player to watch for them, if you're watching the game on Saturday, would be rookie Matty Berniers. Uh, he was a preseason favorite for the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year, and he's not doing anything so far this season to disprove those uh, lofty uh, predictions for him. He is one off the rookie points lead in the NHL with nine points, and he's tied for the Kraken lead in goals with five. So. That's a, just a brief little look at uh, the two opponents upcoming for the Kings tonight and tomorrow. Um, as for the Kings, though, we talked about it on last week's show, and we've talked about it several times this season. 
Which team is going to show up? The LA Kings, the one that allowed four goals in the first period and looked bad Monday against the Flames, or the team that completely shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and blocked 29 shots in a win over the Oilers on Wednesday? And uh, I wish I had a good answer for you. Uh, I know which one I want to see, but I'm not positive in which one I will see. I think it'll be more of the team we saw against Edmonton because I think that is more of the teams of, of the Kings team we have seen uh, as of lately. Like I said, it does appear the Kings are slowly heading in the right direction. Yes, occasionally they do take a step back before taking another step forward, but the Kings have won five of their last six games and they have points in six of their last seven games. So again, evidence that the Kings, I believe, are moving in the right direction. Uh, so again, building off what I feel was their best game of the season, I think is very important. That even if they don't win both games, if they get a split or maybe they win one, lose one in overtime, whatever the case might be, to play the right way, to continue to play the right way, to continue to be very solid defensively and be smart and make good decisions. And if the other team scores because they've, you know, outworked you or whatever, then okay, move on, accept it. But don't have the other team get success because of something you've done wrong, which it seems like it's been the case uh, more often than not for the Kings this year. So looking forward to seeing how the Kings respond and build on, hopefully, a great performance in Edmonton and close out this road trip on a positive note with good games in Vancouver and in Seattle. Uh, we've got uh, some more notes to tell you about as far as some prospects involving the LA Kings. We've got your emails to read and answer coming up as well. But real quick, I need to tell you about Bet Online. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is the number one source for football betting uh, and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including uh, MMA, boxing, golf, basketball has started up again, and of course, we've got the World Cup coming up soon as well. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about BetOnline, where the game starts. I did want to check in on a couple of Kings prospects because we try and, and check in on uh, how some of the Kings of the future, we hope, are faring. And I did uh, see that a couple of Kings recent draft picks are doing well. Uh, let's start with Francesco Pinelli. He is playing for the Kitchener Rangers. He is their captain in the Ontario Hockey League. He was a second round pick of the Kings in 2021. And he leads the Kitchener Rangers in goals with 10 and points with 19. That is in 15 games so far this season. So again, Francesco Pinelli, second round pick of the Kings in 2021, having another standout year as the captain of the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. Also, Kenny Connors was named uh, Hockey East Rookie of the Month. He had nine points in seven games. Uh, Connors was the second player selected by the Kings in the 2022 draft. He was taken in the fourth round. He's a freshman at UMass Amherst, uh, and he is tied with the team lead in goals with four. Uh, that's in 11 games so far this season. He has also 11 points on the season and has one off the team lead. So a couple of good performances here on the lower levels for Francesco Pinelli in the OHL and Kenny Connors playing for UMass Amherst 
in Hockey East. Uh, speaking of the lower levels, if you will, of uh, the LA Kings, we are working on an interview with uh, Jared Safran, who covers and works for the Ontario Reign. And uh, we've touched base with him to get him on to talk about what's going on with the Ontario Reign so far this season. Um, hopefully that is going to happen sometime next week. Um, we're certainly going to ask Jared about the Reign's good start to the season. Also want to get caught up on a number of players, including Brant Clark, Quentin Byfield, Martin Kromiak, and Alex Turcott to find out how they are all doing. Uh, of course, Brant Clark on the conditioning assignment, Quentin Byfield coming off of an illness, uh, Martin Kromiak coming off an appendectomy, and Alex Turcott coming off of those two concussions from a year ago. Want to find out how all those guys are doing in particular, and of course, all the other players that we probably know, Jordan Spence, um, Tyler Madden, uh, all the guys that uh, hopefully in the near future will be contributors for the LA Kings. Just see how, see how things are progressing uh, with the Ontario Ray. So it is a Friday, and if you've been watching this show or listening to this show uh, since I took over, you know that we've typically tried to have a Feedback Friday segment, and we do have some emails to read coming up in just a second. But real quick, I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts that only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we have uh, the the uh, Locked On LA Kings email inbox to, uh, to check on. And uh, by the way, if you would like to send an email for a future show, uh, about whatever's on your mind involving this show or the Kings or anything else it is uh, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. E D D I E locked on Eddie at gmail.com. Our first email comes from Chris in Northern Nevada. Uh, and I always, I always find it interesting that he, he doesn't say what town he's in, just wants to say Northern Nevada. It's going to keep it vague, mysterious. That's fine. Uh, Chris said, uh, wanted to touch on this past game against Edmonton, probably the best total team game from start to finish. I thought the Kopitar line played really well at both ends of the ice, and the second line did the damage on offense. This was the best defensive game against two of the best players in the NHL by the Kings. Also really happy to see Cal play with confidence and poise in net. He looked like the player we saw last year in the middle of the season. This was the system game that Todd McClellan has been looking for. Great game. Loved seeing Trevor Moore get the hat trick. And hats off to the uh, to number 33, Victor Arvidsson, getting all three assists. Feels like the team is coming together and starting to click in all phases of the game. Thanks, Eddie, for the great show. My first listen daily. Well, thank you, Chris, for uh, for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen daily. Yes, um, we, we talked about it uh, just the other day uh, about the game in Edmonton. Um, if not the Kings' best performance of the season, certainly one of the Kings' best performances. I did see in the uh, comments on the YouTube channel uh, that someone had said that they didn't consider this the Kings' best game yet because they wanted to see more of a team effort as far as the scoring goes. And that's that's understandable. That's certainly not um, any kind of controversial take. I just think, though, that the team game defensively and all the block shots, I think they had 11 different players record two or more block shots or something like that. Um, there, It was, I thought, yes, it was only one player that scored the goals, Trevor Moore. Um, and I can understand wanting to see a few different players score and that other, those other aspects of the game. But I just thought the team game as a whole, despite having only one player score the goals was still 
the best of the season. And if that wasn't the best game of the year for the Kings, it, it's got to be in the top three. Um, I, I think it's number one. Um, and Chris shared his thoughts on what he thought as well. Our next email comes from Tyler. He is in Tehachapi. Uh, and he says, um, what are the Kings going to do about the defensemen? As discussed at length, the Kings have too many right-handed defensemen. Who do we keep and who do we trade? Jersey can't decide whether he's going to make awesome offensive plays or cough up the puck repeatedly. Roy can be a good shutdown D, so I don't really see them moving him, even though he doesn't provide much offense, excluding the amazing game where he scored two. Walker is playing well, but doesn't have any trade capital yet, in my opinion. It's too short of a sample size. So it's either Jersey or Roy if you want a decent return. Walker brings less. At this point, I think that Rob Blake is playing 3D chess with Clark, but we'll already have all the players above to worry about. But I think it's best for him to stay with the Kings. So it almost feels as though we have to move a right defense and number eight isn't going anywhere. I say move Jersey and Walker in a package for a tough left-handed defenseman that hits like McNabb used to, but not McNabb. Moving those two gives us 4 million in cap space. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see Blake use the farm. Hopefully Bjornfoot can be more physical and save the money for Mikey Anderson, Trevor Moore, and Gabe Velarde, although with how all of them are playing, $4 million isn't going to be enough. Sorry for the long email. Love the show. Love the crossover and Brett Holden. Keep it up. Hopefully they come home, the Kings. 3-1-0. Go Kings, go. So uh, again, that was from uh, Tyler in Tehachapi talking about what I, I've heard plenty of comments about, and I'm sure you have too if you follow you know, the Kings on social media, uh, you know, it's, it's about what are we going to do to shore up the defense and we need a left left-handed defenseman. And that's why the Jacob Chikrin rumor has been out there for so long. But, um, while Tyler suggested maybe a couple of players, the Kings could move, he didn't make any suggestions as far as who the Kings should acquire and kind of looking across the league at some of the teams that are going to be sellers, um, I don't know who is out there that is going to be impactful that the Kings could bring in. Who's a left-handed shot? Um, you know, you look at some of the guys who are going to be available. John Klingberg in Anaheim is going to be available. He's a right shot. Uh, Matt Dumba's name always gets brought up in Minnesota. He's a right-handed shot. So I mean, I know, and and if you think, well, the obvious uh, answer is Jacob Chikrin. He's still hurt. He hasn't played this year. Um, and you're not going to trade for a guy who could be damaged goods. Um, and plus the asking price for Arizona, in my opinion, is way too high. So I, I get the desire to want to upgrade on defense. I, I understand the Kings would be looking to add a left defenseman. So, you know, if they do keep Sean Dursey, they move him back to the right side. Or, you know, Brant Clark obviously is a right shot. Jordan Spence is a right shot. So I, I understand the desire for it, but I don't know. Uh, specifically who they would be targeting and who is the guy that if you're going to move some good young pieces that you're going to get good return for, that's going to step in and really provide what it is that some fans think we need. Um, I just don't think, I'm sure the Kings have discussed it internally. I'm sure the Jacob Chikrin thing makes a ton of sense again, though. I just think Arizona is asking way too much and they've got no reason to come down from their asking price. They've got Chikrin under contract for another year and they're not looking to win. So, and again, he's hurt. So that's the one guy that makes a ton of sense, but it's again, he's hurt. You're not going to trade for somebody who's hurt and they're asking for too much. So right now 
I am comfortable with the Kings going forward with what they have. The defensemen and the defensive game look just fine against the Oilers. And I get it. Edmonton is not an elite team in the league at this point. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are still elite players. And they were completely shut down by our defensive core and our defensive team efforts. So, um, like I said, I'm willing to give it more time before I really seriously entertain the Kings making a move. And uh, like I said, right now, I'm not sure who that player is out there. I absolutely would expect Rob Blake to make a move at the trade deadline to help out on defense, but I don't know that it's going to be this big impact player that a lot of Kings fans are looking for. So maybe a tweak, maybe some depth, but we shall see. We shall see. There's a long way to go before now and then, and I get the, the chatter about it, but for now, I would say the Kings are not seriously looking to bring in anyone on the defense, despite the obvious need for another left-handed defenseman. Our next uh, email comes from James. Uh, James, I'm sorry if you mentioned it before, but I don't know where you are from. If you could include that, I'd appreciate it because I just like knowing where people are from. Uh, And James likes to send emails from his phone, kind of like text messages. He'll send like five or six of little short kind of blurbs here and there. So I picked out a few of them uh, to share. And uh, James says, I watched this show with the gentleman from Edmonton. He's talking about Brett Holden from Locked on Oilers. We had a crossover episode before the Kings-Oilers game. He said, uh, it was cool. It was a cool show. And definitely, if you can work it out, it would be cool to have other shows like that within the division. Um, Yeah, we are absolutely working on that. There are a lot of really great Locked on hosts across the NHL. And as we kind of get deeper into the season and we find out that these are going to be some key games for whatever reason, We'll definitely look to do more of those crossover shows. So thank you for the feedback on enjoying that. Uh, James continues, uh, the game a ways back that quick came in relief of Cal after Cal had given up a lot of goals. I think it was Pittsburgh who officially got the loss in that one. Been trying to figure it out. Um, Yeah, that was the game where the Kings actually played really well in the first period, but Cal Peterson gave up three goals and was removed from the game. And because the game winning goal was scored when Cal Peterson was on the ice, then he takes credit for the loss in that one, even though Quick came in and played two periods and Cal only played one. And James closed it out by saying that he doesn't think I should wear hats when doing, he watches the YouTube channel and James says he doesn't like when I wear hats. Uh, I guess he doesn't think it looks, uh, I don't know, as professional or something. I hope he thinks it's okay if I wear jerseys. No hat today for you, James. Just for you, James, I am not wearing a hat today. However, I cannot guarantee that I will not wear hats in the future because I don't know that other people enjoy seeing my gigantic forehead. Uh, But that is, uh, and I wear hats. I'm a hat wearer. I'm sorry. Uh, But uh, thank you for the feedback, James. Always interesting to get uh, your comments uh, all week long. Uh, Steve in Long Beach says, Eddie, you seem like a straight shooter. Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, Thoughts on Barry Melrose. Um, yeah, that's interesting, uh, because, uh, if you watch the Kings, you know, that we had recently to watch a couple of their games on ESPN plus, and they were not available, um, on the broadcast locally. Uh, and Barry Melrose, if you don't know, you probably should, uh, not only is he a former Kings head coach, um, but he is, um, an ESPN hockey analyst. He's been with them for a long, long time. Um, and Barry Melrose was the coach of the LA Kings when I first became a Kings fan. So I have some sentimental uh, feelings towards Barry Melrose. But I'll be honest, because uh, Steve says I'm a straight shooter. 
Um, I think Barry seems like a super nice guy and uh, I probably would like to have a beer with him and have him swap stories with me about, about the, the Kings. I don't really get much out of Barry Melrose as far as insight or analysis, which is what his job is with ESPN. Um, he doesn't really tell me much other than really obvious things. And it seems like they've just kept him around because they like him and because he's been with them for so long. Um, he's almost kind of like turning into the Lee Corso for hockey. If you know Lee Corso, uh, he's the old football coach on college game day who they kind of keep around because he's a sweet guy and he's, he provides a little comic relief every now and then, but he doesn't ever tell you anything interesting or insightful. So, um, you know, it's great that the NHL is back on ESPN because ESPN is a global brand and having hockey there is important for the, for, you know, the exposure of the NHL that having been said, um, I am not a huge fan of their coverage, to be honest. Um, Barry Melrose again, doesn't give me much. John Bucciagrass seems like a super nice guy, and I love that he loves hockey, but I think they they give him some play-by-play jobs when I don't know that he's really qualified to do play-by-play. Um, Linda Cohn, again, another longtime hockey lover. They have her doing like some on-ice stuff. It's almost like they they just they let him do it because they know they're hockey fans and because these are people who've been around for a long time. And there's probably other people that are better at that job. But you know, Steve Levy does a good job on some play-by-play. He's a, he's another big hockey guy over there at ESPN. But anyway, um, like I said, um, I I don't get much from Barry Melrose to be honest with you. When I let's put it this way, when I need some insightful commentary on hockey, Barry Melrose is one of the is one of the last guys I would turn to. Again, loved him as coach of the Kings. Seems like a super good guy. Nothing personal, but just my my opinion as a hockey consumer is that he doesn't really give me much as far as what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for in a hockey analyst is to give me some insight, um, show me some things um, that I, like the TNT broadcast this past week, it was great in between periods. And I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of all those guys, but they showed the Kings playing the one, three, one, they broke it down. They, uh, you know, had some, some, uh, they showed some video of it, ran it back, showed what the Kings are trying to do and, and, and talk about how, what Edmonds you try and do to get through the neutral zone, that was insightful. That was interesting. That's the kind of thing I'm looking for as a hockey fan. Hey, thank you so much to everybody for the emails this week. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to James. Thanks to Tyler. And thanks to Chris for the emails this week. If you would like to send an email for a future show, uh, the email address again is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, if Twitter is still around, apparently people are saying it's going away. I don't think so. Uh, it's at LockedOnLAKings. And also we're on Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Thank you so much for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Uh, For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. That's Locked on Sports Today, available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening and for watching Locked on LA Kings. Hopefully we come back on Monday and talk about a couple of good games for the LA Kings tonight and tomorrow. Again, I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for watching and listening. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Kings go.